0: Plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hello, and welcome to 1UP Delivered Through the AI Podcast channel. I am your host, as usual, Guy. And joining me is Carl. How are you doing, Carl?
2: Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's still the international break, so... Yeah. Bored. <laughs> uh, it was weird. I'd, watching Soccer Aid somehow made the international break worse because it was a terrible standard football. <laughs> and then there was just a like game. watching
2: Ireland for me. Then, well, that's <laughs>
1: true. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, England was. I I lasted fifteen minutes of the England game. That's how bored I was. Uh, dear. but anywho, we're not here to talk about football. Um, we are here to talk about games, obviously. And we thought maybe. Well, we might have been a a wee bit of a break, but then news sprung up, and uh, we've got an event to preview. But we did have, we did get some gameplay that was promised after Gamescom. And that is uh, Marvel. Is it Midnight Suns or Black Suns? I keep getting mixed Midnight, Midnight. Sun. Midnight Suns, Midnight Suns. We got a bit more gameplay of that, and we got something of Battlefield as well. But that we can breeze past that in like five seconds. But um, yeah, Mid- Midnight Suns. Um, it it looks intriguing to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it on the last podcast when it was first announced. Um, I mean, as I said at the time, I'm a big fan of Fire Axis and what they did with the XCOM series, even though those games kicked my ass. And we all know at this point that I'm a big Marvel nerd. So this, this, this one was a, a really big deal to me. Um, so I was straight on it to see the gameplay for this one um now i have to say to me the game looks great but the fact that it's a a card-based combat system kind of makes me skeptical because it's just my own personal preference i'm not a big fan of card-based games i love Games that are based completely around cards, you know. Obviously, I was a big, big proponent of Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day, and um, I had a lot of fun with Hearthstone when when that first came about. But games that 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 just bring in cards as a as a, an element um, just just don't really make sense to me. I don't, I don't know why it's just not turn based, you know? Why why there has to be cards? It's it's just a strange one to me. I mean, what what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's depend depends how it's done. Really, obviously, we've seen bits and bobs, and it looks like you select cards and stuff like that. But if it's done with a decent amount of choice, I, I suppose, rather than rather than being completely random, I think it could work because when once you've got when, when you've got Marvel characters, I think it's almost impossible to balance how. How you should play as a hero because well, I'll use Superman as a crap example. But if you ever play a game where Superman's in it, how the hell can you limit him to a controller or a PC or whatever? Because he has about 250 million powers and they're all like go up for powered as fuck. Whereas if you've got a card system, I think it was free that was, you could pick three cards, couldn't you, for each character or something like that? I think it's a good way of balancing it, balancing it. Without just going, well, no, he he can't do all this in the game. Whereas if you've got this card system, you go, oh, you've picked these abilities yourself. This is your own version of Blade. This is your own version of Captain Marvel, um, etc. So I think if it's done properly, I can see why it makes sense.
2: Yeah, I certainly see where you're coming from on that, and I suppose another aspect to consider would be that they probably want to differentiate themselves from the Ultimate Alliance series. It's not so long ago that we got Ultimate Alliance 3 on Switch, and that's another kind of RPG based on the uh, Marvel franchise, so um, I, I suppose with the, the card system, it, it further distances itself from that, and, and kind of brings it out as its own thing.
1: Yeah, that's a good point as well. I mean obviously it's a bit more different being a head down tactical type thing. But yeah, you kinda want it different. You kinda want it different from um XCOM as well, which it looks like we're gonna get some differences with like the social hub. What was it? The uh the church place. I not remember what it was bloody called. Um but yeah, it looks like you get a social hub where you get your own character and you. You can interact with all the other ones and and, and stuff like that. But I, think, I mean, most importantly, I think this was we talked about this on the Gamescom one as well. But you do get to make your own character called the Hunter, and you it looks like you get to have a player probably DPS, tank, magician, magician, um, sorcerer, and stuff like that. So it, I quite like that. It it seems like a not a lazy way, but it seems like a smart way to get get your own customizable character into a Marvel universe, I suppose.
2: Yeah, that that is a really intriguing aspect of the game that you get to to make your own um, superhero. I think uh, I remember when in the lead up to to Marvel's Avengers, uh, a lot of pe- at one point that's what people thought Marvel's Avengers was going to be. I mean, there mm-hmm. was obviously long standing rumours that it was going to be a, a destiny-esque online game which is obviously the the path they took but people thought it was going to be one in which you played as as your own custom hero and that obviously wasn't the the case so um it's cool that that the, this game is giving people that that um that option of of creating their well it's not an option you, you have to play create your own character but that it's allowing people to, to create their own superheroes it's, it's i mean it's something that we've we probably all wanted to do at some point in a in a video game so it's it's pretty cool
1: yeah be one on keep you by eye did we get did we get released on it do you remember yeah i believe so
2: i think we talked about it last
1: yeah midnight week. March 2020 22 20. So we have time. a month Yes We have a month But yeah I think as as by All game announcements they are all in 2022 because we're going to get a game Every three days in 2022 I uh,
2: certainly feel that way
1: <laughs> So yeah That'll be fun but yeah it would be one I keep an eye on Depend, Probably depends which what other games come out in that time period Because I think wasn't Horizon March? Obviously, this is more for you than me because I won't be able to play Horizon. Or uh,
2: Horizon Forbidden West is February. coming out February, yeah. So, and there's a lot Seminar. of games in early 2022. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty stacked. There's a lot of games that were as we sort of been pushed out of 2021 most likely, and that's led led to a bit of a congestion, let's say. So we'll we'll see mm. how that one plays out.
1: Yeah, and before we get into the news, we did get a couple more gameplay things. I mean, I said Battlefield. It was more of a, not a character introduction, a class introduction. Obviously, the the well-established classes on um, Battlefield, I can't remember the exact name, but Assault, Support, Technician, Heavy, Sniper, all that crap. Um, I sent you the link and you said, well, that was a waste of time, but... It the only my only takeaway from it is it looked a bit a tad more arcadey than usual battlefield games, but that might have just been the way the the trailer was. But yeah, it it looked alright.
2: Yeah, I get where you're coming from with that. Um, it it did. Uh, I think that's just kind of the the um approach that the the trailer took. Um, I mean the game looks impressive. I mean, we've talked about it in the past. Like for, for what it is, like it, it looks like a, an impressive shooter. You know, what do you g- expect from a battlefield game? Lots of, uh, impressive, destructive environments. Um, it, it's interesting, obviously, that they are focusing completely on multiplayer. As, as again, we've said before, I'm, I'm a little disappointed personally because I, I liked the vignettes approach that uh, the last two battlefield games took. But it does seem like we're, you know, that the Call of Duty have taken that on for Vanguard, um, that its campaign is, is going to be. I, I doubt they'll use the term vignettes because then yeah, uh, and Dice are going to be like, hey, hey, come on now. <laughs> it's a bit too obvious, but <laughs> it does seem they are taking that approach. So I guess I'll get my fix there if, if I want to 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 delve in there so but um obviously the people who love battlefield are going to be all over this and you know it's, it's going to sell itself in in that sense
1: yeah i think it is i think and i think there's a beta whether it's open or closed at the end of this month i think or certainly this month i think it's meant to be I think there there's like a couple dates by insiders and i'm um, saying like tw- i think it was the 20th or the 22nd of september so we'll probably get a hand on it in some fashion by the end of this month but yeah um last one then on, on gameplay i've i only watched it slightly in passing because it's far cry and yeah you, you knew like even before this game was made you knew what the gameplay was going to look like but I'm, I'm not even sure if you've seen much of this carl but i think far cry 6 it just looks like far cry 5 which looked like far cry 4 which looked like far cry 3 I mean, it's probably more of a debate whether Ubisoft should update the games a bit more, but obviously this is a cross-gen one. I'm probably expecting a, a big, too much for a big leap. Yeah, I mean,
2: we talked about this um, back at E3. I mean, I am ai consider myself a fan of the Far Cry series. I played through 3 and 4, loved them both. I picked up the subsequent games, but just never got a chance to play them. But I am really looking forward to this one. I think that the, the villain alone just sells it to me. Um, so for that reason, I'm I'm gonna give it a try. But I've, you know, I didn't check out this latest gameplay because I I've I I've seen enough of this game at this point. Mm. It felt like it had like three or four separate showings at E3, and then we've had more of them at Gamescom, and it, like. And there's been other things in between. It, like this game has had its its time on show. Just get just go quiet and then give us the game on October seventh, I believe. And you know, to let the game talk for itself. We, we don't need to see more trailers. It's uh, I think it drives me insane when publishers. Feel like, and I know it's a big game for Ubisoft. I get that, but at the same time, it just drives me insane when they feel they, they need to just push it in our faces. I mean, uh, this is Far Cry 6. It's the sixth game in the series. Be, you know, and that it, six mainline games, there's a lot of other games. We don't need to see more. Just, 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 just let us wait for the game, please. You know, cause I, I can't, I can't watch any more trailers for
1: this one. Yeah, we had what was it? We had like a month of YouTube ads for it, <laughs> and then, then we get gamescore where it showed a bit more. And then I think it was like um, different content creators and stuff got. I think it was like a good few hours with it. Um, I watched one particular review, and it was I said, "Well, it's just Far Cry." <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah, it, it's Far Cry Six. You'll if you liked Far Cry Five, Four, and Three, uh, you'll probably pick it up if you didn't, you won't. Um, and that's all you can ask for it, really. Um, but we have some news to get through before we get to a couple events we're going to preview or speculate what will be there. Do you want to take us through the first news story, Carl? Yeah, so
2: our first story comes from Wesley Yin Pool over at Eurogamer. Developers distance themselves from publisher Tripwire after Ball says he's quote, proud, end quote, dra- of draconian Texas anti-abortion law allowed to stand. And Wesley writes, developers have distanced themselves from publisher Tripwire after its boss said he was, quote, proud, end quote, that a draconian Texas anti-abortion law was allowed to stand. John Gibson, president of the Chival- Chivalry Two. Killing Floor and Maneater publisher tweeted to say he, quote, felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer, end quote. Atlanta, Georgia-based co-developer Shipwright Studios, which worked on Chivalry 2 and Maneater, tweeted in response to say it had cancelled all its existing contracts with Tripwire. Chivalry 2 developer Torn Banner Studios, based in Toronto, Stopped short of announcing it cut ties with Tripwire, but it did tweet to distance itself from Gibson's statement. Quote, we do not share the opinion expressed in a recent tweet by the president of Tripwire, publisher of Chivalry 2, end quote, Torn Banner tweeted. Quote, this perspective is not shared by our team, nor is it reflected in the games we create. The statement stands in opposition to what we believe about women's rights. End quote, and you can read the full story over on Eurogamer. I mean, no, no surprise here, guy. That in an industry which is very much left aligned, and, and yeah. so it should be on on this um, this uh, issue. Um, let's say. But it it isn't surprising that other development studios would would be in opposition to this statement. And, you know, are are you surprised that that John Gibson came out with such a a strong statement?
1: Well, I mean, the fact he has that opinion, I mean, I won't say... I'll say fair enough for the want of a better phrase, but how big a fucking idiot do you have to be? As you said, in a gaming... I wasn't industry, but gaming sphere, where everyone is so liberal, and you see, cancel culture and stuff like that. Whether you agree with cancel culture or not, it's there, um, and you see it with other podcasts. I, I know you listen to him. I, I don't particularly, but uh, Colin Moriarty is it? He's obviously yeah. he's obviously been labelled as whatever, whatever. Um, I don't know the background, and I don't tend to care, but. Once you get labelled, that's it, you're done. You're that's your reputation and it's hard to um to fix a reputation. But to come out and blatantly just pr- uh, tweet pro life game developer is a fucking fucking idiot, man. <laughs> it's just a fucking idiot. But yeah, we could get into a bigger debate of it. I mean pro choice and pro life. What the fuck? It seems to be a very American debate, or that seems to be where most of this debate stands from, obviously. Um Ireland obviously you're a very religious country so it might be not for you personally but I'm sure it's a bigger debate for you in Ireland as well whereas in the UK I have no idea what the laws are but it never seems to come up so yeah uh, pro-choice pro-whatever who gives a fuck just let women do what they want really uh, that's probably the, the most important thing um, to their body after all and all that jazz. But yeah, it just seems like a really stupid business decision from him, and if you have them views, why would you share them in, in this culture? But yeah, it's uh, draconian, it is It is what it is. But it seems to be a big debate in in certain countries. Obviously, America, I'd probably say there's a lot, especially in certain parts. Where was he from? Was he Texas, was it? Texas, yeah. Texas, yeah. So a lot more religious reasons there, and I'm sure you've made, probably experienced religious issues in Ireland as well, being a Catholic country.
2: Well, uh, I mean, Ireland, obviously, uh, only a few years ago, voted um, in a referendum to to legalise abortion. So, um, you know, we've taken a lot of liberal moves in Mm. that sense. And, I mean, you, you can understand, obviously, from... A religious point of view, why someone might have, you know, be pro-life mm-hmm. and and have their own reservations about abortion, but at the same time, you have to understand how they have. Rather, I don't you because I'm I'm not one of those people. I'm not religious, but um people who are religious have to understand obviously that that this this change in the law in Texas is very controversial. Um, that you know. Regardless of your own views you you should probably re- respect the choice of the woman um and even if these are his views and and he's entitled to his views, it just seems a, a really stupid move to to come out and, and publicly say this you know it's not that no one's saying he should be a hypocrite and, and come out in, in support of the opposite argument but it's just in in, in a case, mm-hmm. case like this you just stay quiet because you know the your other developers and uh, like game developers out there as well as the games media particularly the games media you know nine times out of ten they're Liberally aligned, and they're just going to eat you alive for this. So it's just such a a bizarre move on on his point, and and um, I'm sure one that investors in Tripwire aren't Mm. going to be happy with at all. So we'll we'll see how this one plays out because I I don't think it's the last we'll we'll hear this move.
1: Well, not now that he's brought it up like an idiot. (laughs) So I don't think anyone in the gaming industry was going to ask his opinion on. Uh, abortion. I, I don't think that was ever going to come up when discussing it, so yeah, he's kind of a big own goal there and made himself look a right twat. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's a it's a lot more um, deeper and much more meaningful conversation to have, but it's probably not the, the platform in terms of a gaming podcast to have, but yeah in, in terms of this context, yeah he's made himself look like a right twat. Um, but we'll move on to the next one, and I'll do this one. Um, Stardew Valley creator, still unsure about future updates, says he's currently focused on the next game. And this is from Nintendo Life by Liam Doolan. The Stardew Valley creator has once again stated how he's not sure about future updates for the popular farming sim. During a Twitch livestream for the first ever Stardew Valley Cup, Eric Barone mentioned how he's currently focused on his next game. As it's taking priority, it's not clear that there will be another update for Stardew in the near future. I'm not saying, this is a quote I should say, I'm not saying there's going to be another Stardew Valley update. I don't even know at this point. Right now, I am focused on my next game, so we'll see. Barrow made similar comments last September in the lead up to the release of Stardew Valley's 1.5 update, noting, Now, he wasn't willing to commit to updates beyond this, but didn't think it would be necessarily the end. And I quote, I would not be surprised if there's another Stardew Valley update or multiple updates or Stardew Valley uh, 2. Who knows? There isn't currently Stardew Valley 2. After 1.5, I'll decide what the next step for Stardew Valley is. I would say there will be probably be another step for Stardew Valley in the meantime. I'm also working on a couple of new projects, solo projects, so I have plenty to do. Now, Carl, I know this doesn't mean as much to you does it, as it does to me because you haven't played Stardew Valley, but, I mean, you know what a Stardew Valley game looks like and you keep pointing them out to me when you watch game conferences and I don't. But it, I mean this game's had a good run when oh, did Stardew Valley come out Stardew Valley came out in February 2016 so it's 5 year run um, and obviously 1.5 came out last year was it and we, we've seen a couple games from them, there was that Space one wasn't there I think that was actually from the makers of them, which we saw I think that was at E3 we saw that uh, so he's obviously got new games coming out, and I think he, he did. I'm not sure if it's the case now, but he was just one bloke on his own, wasn't it, to begin with? I believe. But yeah, I mean, what did you make of this? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, the reason
2: I included this in the news was because I was I was most interested in in your take. I mean, as you said, there it's been five years, uh, and I suppose it would be understandable that the the creator would want to focus on other things rather than. Uh, keeping, you know, up updating this game further or or possibly um moving on to a sequel. Um it it does seem as I said that that's his focus well as the article in first that is his focus is focuses on uh new projects. Um but I mean what what would you prefer to see here? I mean do do you want Stardew Valley to be this never ending in, in air quotes um title in in that there's always a you know a a new update or would you rather a a straight up Stardew Valley 2 or are you interested in seeing potentially what these new projects are
1: I mean I want to see what the new projects are because if it's the same style of game or whatever I'll play them I'll 100% play them and I I love Stardew Valley I haven't gone back to I don't think I've gone back to play the 1.5 stuff yet But I will do eventually. It's one of them games that comes in cycles. Um, But I will do eventually. But I'd like to see a sequel or whatever. Because it does have a cast of characters. As I said, I've not played 1.5, so they might have added more characters and stuff like that. But there's only not a handful of characters. But there's quite a few characters. But if you introduce a whole new cast, a new setting, whatever new stuff to do. Um, it'll just it'll just give it a new, new fresh thing to do completely, rather than just adding content on top of what's already there. It's obviously great content, but yeah, I'd I'd rather a sequel in the long term. But in the meantime, if you're adding little things to um to Stardew Valley one, um in this in this scenario, then great because sometimes I mean, I'll use Overwatch as an example. I know we both love Overwatch. Overwatch one. Has kind of been—it's been suffering for. I think the last character that was released in that game was probably a couple years ago now. And that was Echo, but in the game's just—it's been slowly dying a death with like streamer numbers, in player numbers, and stuff like that. And Overwatch Two's been pretty much put off for about a year and a half now. And we—we we obviously know the Blizzard situation, um, so that kind of helped. But it seems that that's going to come out twenty twenty two. But yeah, the end is in sight for that. But if games don't get new content, they will die. That that's the thing. Um, so you need you need to be careful when new when new content all needs to go on a sequel because if the sequels too far away, the first game will die. Uh, yeah, it, it's a balancing act. But yeah, I, I love Stardew Valley. I'd love a sequel. I will play any game that dude makes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems from this story that just for now they're they're um closing up on further content, let's say, for Stardew Valley, but it it doesn't seem like they're shutting the door on the IP um, for -hmm. for good. I mean, I'd be very surprised if they don't revisit it down the the road and we we don't get a a full-on sequel. Um, But in the meantime, obviously... Other things are in the works and, and, you know, from what we've seen of, of, um, because you said that I forget that I can't think of the name of the title at the moment, but it's, uh, based in space and it, you know, as I think at the time we described it as Stardew Valley in space. So I think as long as his upcoming projects, you know, are very much Stardew inspired, you know, clearly fans won't be starved of uh Stardew Valley, it's just they're getting Stardew Valley in the in the new guys.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Uh it is Starmancer That'll be good That's the one. Which apparently came out last month. <laughs> um Wikipedia might be wrong. Uh but yeah that's the one. Um but yeah Chucklefish uh and I think his name was Eric Barone Believe it was, yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's he's obviously a really talented guy, and he's made a a cult hit and work off that success. My guy. Uh, third new story, Carl. Do you want to take us through this one?
2: Yeah. So this comes from Liam Doolan again over at Nintendo Life. Rumor, Nintendo will expand its Switch Online service with Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles. Liam writes, next month marks the third year of Switch Online, and it seems there's discussion once again about Nintendo potentially bolstering its paid service with additional retro content. In the latest Nate the Hate podcast, Known insider Nate Drake talks about how Nintendo might be adding Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles in the coming weeks. It all stems from a data mine dating back to 2019, which revealed four emulators inside Nintendo's NES app. While the purpose of the remaining emulators still hasn't been revealed, both Nate and his co-host MVG believe the third one, Hyoko, is likely for Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles. Nintendo Life has also confirmed with its own sources that Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles are likely coming to the Switch Online service really soon. The same insider is far less optimistic about Game Boy Advance titles arriving on the paid online service in the near future, noting how several companies are currently working on re-releases, including Nintendo, who has the Advance Wars remaster coming out this December. We've also not heard anything about Game Boy Advance titles being included in this update. And there was an update to this story. Our friends over at Eurogamer have done some digging and have separately corroborated our report that Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles are headed Nintendo Switch Online. And they've even gone as far as to claim that, quote, other retro platforms are also on the cards, end quote. So you can get that full story over on Nintendo Life. no surprise here guy i feel like this has been a, a rumor slash on people's wish lists for ever since they announced the the snes um games for switch i mean pe- people look back to the wii which was seen as the the golden age of the virtual console and it had a, you know consoles even beyond nintendo's obviously there was sega platforms on there and um Turbo graphics and and such. Are you, are you at all surprised by this one?
1: Oh God, no! I think mean, nothing quite sells like nostalgia, does it? <laughs> um. So if you if you putting on game Boy games and game Boy color games on 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 a service, it it will attract all the people. Although Nintendo, I mean Nintendo fans and Nintendo fans, they probably already have this service. But yeah, it is it, good for people who want to play all, uh, old games um sad for me I, I i had the game boy advance <laughs> um but yeah i think i mainly played pokemon red on that so yeah that doesn't really affect me um and a monsters ink game so hey ho <laughs> um but yeah every everyone our age probably had experience of a game boy whether it's advanced color or whatever so yeah it's uh good news uh won't tempt me to get this service because my Switch my Switch alone is still gathering just behind my TV um, but yeah if you're a Nintendo and Game Boy fan um, yeah, good news yeah, so
2: certainly. I mean, it's it's an obvious move, but it's nonetheless a a good move. I mean, it's funny you mentioned the Nintendo Online service. I've paid for it since day one, and I think I've only played online Woo-hoo. once, um, which was early doors. But because it's only twenty euro a year, you you just don't really think about it. And I do obviously. Uh, I always unlock these Nintendo Switch Online titles for the NES and the SNES and obviously once the the Game Boy comes about I'll I'll get them as well because I mean it's you know they're they're there and I I have found myself messing around with the NES and SNES titles here and there and it's just nice to have them easy to hand when you kind of want that nostalgic factor and I I mean there's a lot of Game Boy games that um I remember quite fondly, obviously, that the Super Mario Land one and two and the the Wario Land games. So I'll be hoping that they are on their day one because I'll, I'll certainly jump in if they are. I mean, just before we finish up on this one, I mean, that the suggestion of other retro platforms, I mean, did any guess as to, to what they, they might be? I'm assuming it's unlikely to be with Game Boy Advance or You know, so are we possibly looking at N64 or not Nintendo at all?
1: Nintendogs (laughs) from (laughs) DS. Um, Yeah, I mean, Nintendo 64 is probably the safe bet, you'd guess. Who else could go on there? Sega wouldn't.
2: I mean, there has been, as I said, there was, uh, I think Master System and Mega Drive titles were on the original virtual console on Wii. And there has right. been Sega re-releases of some of their older titles um, on the Switch store. But because, I suppose, Sega take that approach where they re-release these titles and sell them for a few euro or few pound a, a go, it'd be kind of strange if they offered them for for free as as part of uh nintendo so i mean i wouldn't rule out any any other um platforms um but it might be one that's not actively selling its own games uh, uh, separately at the moment so one maybe that nintendo could make a a little deal with just to get a a handful of titles Mm. um up there but it'll, it'll be interesting to see but the n64 does seem the the obvious one particularly because you know when they released the classic consoles there was a long rumor of an n64 mini and it just never came and then it suddenly seemed that it was difficult to to do and that it wasn't going to happen so i suppose that this would be a nice compromise if they got a few uh key n64 titles up on on nintendo switch online i suppose time will tell on that one
1: yeah you'd think so we'd think so uh, we'll get through the next news story, and then we can preview one, our, one of our events. I'll read this one, because it's got the long-ass name, because I always end up in this situation. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3 next-gen uh, upgrades uh, might be delayed. This is from Games Radar from Ali Jones. The Cyberpunk PS5 and Xbox Series X version may not be ready to release this year. Shock horror. During developer CD Project Red's latest result, uh, results call Michael Nowowski. <laughs> you're calling, you're getting called Mikhail, because I even pronounced that wrong. Uh, Senior vice president of business development told investors that the target is to release the next gen version of Cyberpunk late this year. At the same time, keeping in mind that the lessons we have learned during the past year, and taking into account that this project still remains in development. We can't say with full certainty that the product, the production schedule will not change. That uncertainty also extends to new-gen editions of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Nowakowski says that with The Witcher 3, the situation is slightly different in the way that this is being tackled by the external team mainly, which is Saber Interactive. The company that we have worked with before on Switch and also with the updates in the past As with Cyberpunk 2077, our goal is to set to release the game in late 2021. However, similarly, the development process is ongoing and we cannot be absolutely dead certain that the release schedule will not change. Nowakowski clarified again that CD Projekt Red is definitely aiming with both titles for late 2021. But that said, he didn't want to be more specific right now with September upon us that late 2021 window is very nearly upon us but after the difficulties with cyberpunk 2077's original launch it seems likely the developer will look to take as much time as it can with its upcoming next gen offerings both ports have always been set for the second half of this year but don't be too surprised if we don't see Geralt and V's shiny new version until next year The developers also revealed that more than a third of its staff are working on Cyberpunk 2077 and its new gen ports. Others are working on the game's first expansion, while a remaining number of (laughs) focused on Gwent and some unannounced projects. Still no word on The Witcher 4 then. Sad face. Um, yeah, Carling, this is the easiest news ever, really. Why would you put a date on something when... Well, this last two years, you've kind of fucked yourself into a corner by rushing a game out that was clearly years away from being ready.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's always striking when we talk about CDO Product Red on this podcast, because I, I think when we first started this podcast, we were cause both being big fans of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. We we were really positive on CDO Product Red, and we were so excited about Cyberpunk. And then Cyberpunk came out and it was just such a train wreck. I still haven't played the game. I mean, I was holding out for this next gen version, and as soon as this news broke, I started looking at how much the 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 last gen version costs because you know i'm I'm figuring I may as well pick it up and play it because i I could be waiting forever and and then suddenly the game ends up in a backlog void and, mm-hmm. and i never get to play it so i may as well pick up the ps4 version and get into it now that it's supposedly reasonably playable but i don't think the, it's going to be as as good an experience for me as i once thought it would be because uh, i just think because the the weight and you know the the all the negativity and the, it's just taken the shine which is really disappointing because as, as i said we're we're both such big fans of of The Witcher 3 but i mean i, I think it's a good move by CD Product Red to just dampen expectations you know to to get ahead of things now and say that they, that um the next gen version of both Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3 could be delayed because I, I mean i think they're they're only telling us what we were probably thinking anyway and it's also a, a good idea that while they're clearly making it clear that you know there is work ongoing on Cyberpunk's DLC, they're not putting much emphasis on it, and, and I think that's a smart move because if they were trying to big up the DLC while the the game still needs some fixes and while we haven't even got a next gen version, that's only going to lead to a backlash. So I think it's smart that they're they're kind of saying it's there. But they're not giving it, they're they're not putting it into the frame yet, because I, I don't think they're ready for it to be in the frame. And the Witcher Four, forget about that until <laughs> Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has an X gen version that works as expected and has its DLC, and then we can start thinking about the Witcher Four. I mean, what's your take?
1: Yeah, I just gotta echo what you just said there, really. I think Witcher Four is probably an idea on a whiteboard in like office number 200 in Poland somewhere Um, but yeah it's they've got a lot of work to do in terms of um, fixing their reputation after the hellish couple years but yeah I think as you said the only way they can do that is make sure the next gen version of them two games I know it's Sabre making the, the witch one but you can't put pressure on them to go release that. We need something. Um, So yeah, especially cyberpunk 2077, the next gen version of that has to be good. Like it just has to be, it it can't be crap. Uh, Then the DLC has to be good. And I'm talking which level good blood and wine level good. um, To try and fix your reputation of what it was a couple of years ago. And then we then, as you say, we we can then talk about Witcher Four, Witcher Series, whatever the fuck it's going to be called, or even if it's like a a mini game before Witcher Four or whatever. Just take your time because, yeah, you, as I said, you 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 fucked up so badly. <laughs> just everyone, ev- anyone will wait for a game, but you can never recover from a shit launch. You just can't.
2: Exactly. I mean, there's plenty of games for us to to play. Um. So you know, I know they're they're they've got their investors and there's a pressure from that end. But I mean, I feel at least from the audience's end that there, there should never be a, at least the developers should never feel there's a pressure to get a game out because you know that they just want a a game that works at the end of the day. And as you say, if if you do rush things out and a game comes out broken, it's a very difficult position to recover from. Some have, you know, we we, we talked plenty about No Man's Sky and it was such a redemption story and, you know, I, I'm sure said Product Red are are capable of such a redemption. Um but I think the expectations are different when you're looking at a, a small studio and, and looking at such a, a large studio yeah. that um you know, kind of gave one of the, the critical hits of, of the, of the last generation. So, um, I I think uh, now they, they just need to tread carefully, as I said, and, and just kind of get these games out when they're ready. Um, because they, they need it, they need a win and they, they need to do things right. Because I mean, right now it's, it's weird to me, but it suddenly feels like Netflix is the home of the Witcher rather than (laughs) set their product red and, and their video games. Because, you know that that's just what we're getting at the moment, and that's where the the shine is. But uh, I'm sure, as you said, once they they get over this cyberpunk 2077 hump, that we we will eventually get the Witcher 4, and and it will be will be great. I mean, I I still I haven't lost my confidence in them to, despite that what's happened here. I, I I do think that that um there's more good to come from said product, Red.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean I, I I did finish Cyberpunk. It it was disappointing, but at the same time you think Well, you could probably say there's about most games. It's probably a year away from being spectacular. Um but yeah, it was kind of a a clunky mess. Um and a glitchy mess at that. But in terms of the characters and, and the setting and stuff like that, it was good. It 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 was so promising and that that's why it's such a letdown because if it was a crap idea, and it was by... I'm trying to think of a crap studio. If it was by some random crap studio, you'd be like, eh, it was always going to be crap. Whereas you look at this and you're just like, you made the best game ever, mate. Stop being shit. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. I'm sure we'll be talking about Cyberpunk and, and uh, CD Project Red quite often whenever we do these podcasts. Um... Next to then, we we can finally get into the first event. We, we've we got a THQ Nordic 10th anniversary show uh, a week on Thursday, which is the 17th of September. Um, I mean, we, do we need to read the... We can just kind of get into the speculation rather than read the story, if you want, Carl.
2: Um, uh, I suppose that the story kind of gives a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preface for it. Um, So the story comes from Sal Romano over at Gamatsu, and Sal writes THQ Nordic will host a digital showcase event on September 17th at 12 p.m. PT uh, or 3 p.m. ET. You can work out your BST yourselves. Um, In celebration of its 10th anniversary, the company announced. You'll be able to watch it on YouTube, Twitch and Stream. The showcase will be hosted by Jeff Keeley and features six new game announcements, quote, that will take you on a journey through time and space. This includes, quote, the return of legendary franchises, including some for which fans have been waiting decades to get their hands on a new installment, end quote, plus, quote, sequels to beloved games, end quote. Other announcements planned for the event include the latest information and footage for open world science fiction fantasy RPG Elix 2 and a gameplay demonstration for the upcoming turn-based RPG expeditions rome a pre-show will feature a look at upcoming titles from handy games um so we have a little idea of what we're going to see here guy obviously um they've kind of played their hand on on elix 2 and expeditions rome um but otherwise we're a bit in the dark it sounds like they're promising a lot with uh journey through time and space and the return of legendary franchises um before we jump into to looking at THQ themselves, obviously the pre-show is from Handy Games, which is a, a publisher slash developer under the THQ Nordic um arm, because you know, God knows Embrace Group don't need any more arms. Uh, they publish a lot of games, but most notably their their most recent um kind of big title that they pub worked on was Spongebob Squarepants uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated uh, Mm. which they co-produced with Purple Lamp Studios and I know that game was a, a cult hit back in the day people seemed happy with this remaster and there's been rumours since that that um, they could be working on a brand new SpongeBob SquarePants game. I mean, did did you play the original or <laughs> no? <laughs> so we we won't have too much to yeah to say on this one i mean i've actually always wanted to play the game and when they announced the remaster um i i kind of put it on my radar as something i might check out eventually because um i am i am quite fond of spongebob i have to have to who isn't i mean at the, sure. at the end of the day um but outside that it's a lot of kind of mobile games and that for handy games so th- there isn't much to say there but i mean looking at that thq nordic and the the properties they hold and there's a few things i feel we can bank on obviously kingdoms of amalar re-reckoning fate Sworn, which is the dlc for the recent remaster or of kingdoms of amalar reckoning um which is coming from keiko games we haven't really heard much on that since it was announced so i'm assuming we're going to get that um, and a lot of people feel that the DLC is going to serve as kind of a bridge from the first game to a, a, a sequel um, I mean do, do you think it's it's too soon for them to announce the sequel do you think the focus will be completely on
1: the DLC um, yeah. I don't think it's ever too soon to announce anything really I think We've seen with this industry where they just kind of, they'll announce stuff and then people forget about it till it's actually here. So yeah, I could I could see a sequel, but maybe more. He is a, well, it exists, but the DLC look it's shiny and new.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean. I- I've waxed lyrical about Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning on, on this podcast in the past. I loved the game, um, and I did pick up this remaster, but then I heard it wasn't in ideal condition, let's say. So I said I'd wait for a couple of patches before I delved into it. But I've been really intrigued by the Fate Sworn DLC. The, the idea of remastering a game... And then adding DLC to it, like it, it's, it's not unique. It, it does happen. We've seen it happen with PC games, um, in the past, but it's, it's not common. So it, it is intriguing to see and see how, you know, a new developer can, you know, having remastered someone else's game can then go and, and add their own spin on it. Um, So I am intrigued by the DLC, and I'll be looking forward to seeing more of it, and hopefully we will see that at at this uh, showcase. Um, Another game that's confirmed, um, but we haven't heard anything in a while, is from the Gothic series, which is uh, a remake of the original Gothic, which is coming from Alchemia Interactive. Um, I mean, do you have any experience at all with this series?
1: Apart from googling it now while she's talking. <laughs> uh, um
2: I I've I've dabbled with uh, the Gothic series in the past. Um I do own the the first three games on GOG. Um I also own Arc Arcania Gothic four um for the PS four, but I haven't actually gotten into that one. I mean if you if you like your your RPGs, they they're yeah, you know, it's a solid series it's it's not i mean it it's not quite the elder scrolls but mm. it's it's certainly in that vein um there's been long talk fairly. of a, a a gothic five on on top of this as well so it'd be interesting similarly to talking about the dlc for kingdoms of amalar could we possibly see the remake showcased here and then get an announcement for for Gothic Five. I mean, it, it do, does seem like the the kind of move that, that that they possibly could make. Um, another series um that's gotten attention in recent times has been Destroy All Humans. There was the Destroy All Humans remake, which came out last year and was a reasonable success. Um, a Destroy All Humans two remaster has been all but confirmed and there are also rumors of a, a brand new game in the series. Do you think this I mean it's weird that the the quote from uh THQ um in that uh some fans that sorry some for which fans have been waiting decades to get their hands on a new installment. I mean it w- would be over a decade since um Destroy all humans two. It I mean, audience, isn't it? would that count? Do you think that counts if they announce to destroy all humans three, or do you think because we've got the remaster that would
1: be sort of cheating? Let's say <laughs> might be a bit of cheating. Um, yeah, I think you have to count. I think you have to count remakes as, as six new announcements, isn't it? I think you do have to count as that, uh, but. I mean, maybe they could package-deal it, I suppose. Obviously not release at the same time, but Destroy All Humans it's such a... I don't know. I not what the word I'm looking for here is. Cult's probably the right word. It has a cult following. It was a wacky game from the mid-2000s, and I haven't got around to playing the remake. It it was a game that pissed me off as a kid, but I liked it at the same time. But if they, if they re, remaster the, the, the sequel... And if that leads onto an announcement for the third, I' it's happy because I like I like I like taking stuff that was part of my childhood and bringing it back. I I like stuff like that. So yeah, I'd, I'd quite like a a third one to be announced. And hopefully, well, if I ever see it on sale, I might end up getting the the remaster.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll be with you there. I, I had some fun with the, the the original games back in the day. I think they were both rentals for me, and I don't think I finished either of them. It was just complete mindless fun, and the, the sandbox Box, but I have had my eye on the remaster and look to pick it up, you know, next time I see it on sale. Um, so I, I, I mean, I'd be happy on both fronts to to get a remaster of the second game and and to get a, a new game as well. And um, so I'm sure we will see Destroy All Humans in one form or another at this this showcase. Another, obviously obvious property for thq nordic is darksiders the last game was darksiders genesis which was a kind of a tactical spin-off title um, but it's been a few years since darksiders 3 and darksiders 4 that there, there has been whispers of it lately i mean again it's it's not a series that's been dormant for decades nowhere near that so it's 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 another one that doesn't tick that box um but You know, I I think it's another safe bet here that we'll we'll see something from Darksiders, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I think it, again, almost cult following. And am I right in thinking the sequels were bad, not badly thought of, but not as highly thought of as the original? Or was one of them was was it two that was disappointing? I I, I, think the first one.
2: Always stands supreme. Uh, mm. I, I think the second one was popular. The third one did seem to disappoint fans, yeah. um, which was the first one, kind of that that uh, came uh, once things moved under THQ Nordic. So, mm. um, I, and I don't think Genesis did particularly well either. So, um, it'll be interesting. To, I, I do think they're they're inevitably going to announce something here, but you know it'll be interesting to see how how hot people are on it, given uh, the, the disappointment at the the last two titles. Um, another thing, obviously, in a recent enough acquisition for THQ Nordic was Gunfire Games, um, popularly known for the Remnant from the Ashes, and then most recently, Chronos before the Ashes. Um, it seems maybe it's too soon to see something from them, um, but I mean, could could we potentially see uh, see uh, uh, another game in the the for uh, lack of a better name for the series the the ashes uh, franchise?
1: I think you could see something hinted. I mean, when when did Chronos come out? Last year.
2: Last year.
1: Last year. Hmm, might be a bit too soon, but. They have had a reasonably quick
2: turnover Probably. with their games, though. Um, you know, there wasn't a big gap between Remnant and mm-hmm. Chronos. although that's how like Chronos was a, a sort of a remake right. of a, a previous title of theirs. Um, I, I do have a feeling that when we do eventually see something from Gunfire Games that it will be another game in this series. They have mm-hmm. worked on other things in the past, but it, it just seems like it's uh, it's got a bit of a following. Um I, I myself played Remnant of the From the Ashes and, and quite enjoyed it so I would I'd be intrigued to see mm. um what else they they could have there
1: I was always I mean, meaning to play it but it, people said it was difficult and I was like eh can't be asked
2: <laughs> I I actually didn't didn't find that to be honest I mean people can make comparisons to Dark
1: Souls and, yeah. and
2: things and I just didn't really find that level of difficulty. I mean I could maybe you're just a, a, maybe you're
1: just a god count. <laughs>
2: I, I I I unfortunately not. I wish that was true, but unfortunately not. So I, I think it's it's reasonably pick up and play for for most players of, of if you're into your action titles. Um, but as i said i will be intrigued to see what else they have there and i mean outside that i mean i was having a, a look through some of uh thq's properties earlier obviously there's a lot of racing titles there the, the flat out series from bugbear entertainment the Wreckfest fest series from bugbear entertainment and the mx versus atv from rainbow studios i think it's been a while since there's been an mx versus atv so i, I and it tends to be a bit of a, a trend there of every three years, and we're coming up on those three years now. So we'll, I just, you know, educate a guess that we'll see something there. But none of, again, none of those games tick that, that decades. So I really wonder because, you know, we know Embracer Group as a whole, and, and of course, and, um, THQ Nordic within that have picked up a lot of licenses over the years, and there's a lot of dormant properties that they haven't touched in a long time. You know, series that just had been dead and THQ and just picked them up. So, but I I, I can't really predict what's an obvious title to to take this decade. So I'm just super intrigued for that alone. I want to watch this because I just want to have that moment. Hmm. Where it's like, oh, so that's why they what they were getting at. Although, with that in mind, it could be something, some obscure series <laughs> that that only a handful of people played, and it, it could be a bit of a bust in in that sense. But yeah. it, it's it's a big statement. I mean, yeah. in saying that, uh, I feel like they're they're building things up, and it, and it could it could go either way. It could could be kind of a classic title and you know people could be screaming from the rooftops that they're finally getting a new installment in x series or it could be one of those things where everyone is like nobody cares i mean ball balls on the table guy which way would you predict it right now is this this dormant franchise that we're getting a new title in is it going to be something that's going to excite people or is it going to be something that's forgotten
1: as soon as the showcase ends? Well, you see, well it, it for me, it's weird because it says specifically THQ Nordic. And we-
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: He had this crack at E3 where the, where we didn't know if it meant Embracer Group, Deep Silver, the fucking other one. <laughs> There's like four different subsections of the Embracer Group, or whatever the hell they're called now. So if it can tap into all of them, I mean, it could be anything from time splitters to something made up that I can't think of an example. But it seems to specifically be THQ. I mean, I mean THQ. You instantly think of the old WWE games, but I think were they technically not ukes? I suppose you could pull it off as THQ. It'll never happen, but the dream would be like, here comes the pain and smack down one and two and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean... Mm, rematch. Yeah, with Saints Rows maybe? I don't, I don't really know. Well,
2: see, see that's the thing. Saint Row are on the Deep Silver side, right, out, okay. I believe now, because Volition was moved over oh. there. So that kind of rules out. My initial thought was Red Faction. Mm. Because it's been at least, I think it's been over 10 years since the last one. However, it turns out that, obviously, I, I, that I reminded myself then at that point that Volition had moved over and mm. Red Faction is with them. So it, I, I just, I don't, I can't see any, there's been nothing that I can see that, um, THQ Nordic have worked on in in their time and um, that that would take that box and and I suppose if they'd been working on it, then it's not going to take that box anyway because then it's not going to be something that that's been dormant for for decades but they as i said they own so many properties mm. it's so difficult and you don't know what's been moved around they could just suddenly announce oh this property that you thought was under deep silver is now back under THQ and here's a new title in it so it's something that's just impossible uh to to predict to be honest and and that's why for for me it's it's really intriguing um so this will be one that I'll I'll um be watching closely
1: um just out of understanding who the hell, <laughs> where the hell each company, uh, which developers stand under each subsection of the Embracer group. Exactly. I feel like I feel like I want Embrace to do that first, just to do not
2: do a showcase of games, do a showcase of explaining their different arms
1: and what's doing. We watched watched a Google Technology Week when they announced Stadia. We will watch that just for clarification. Don't you worry? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly because I mean, we we uh, you talked about E3 and we talked we. Because
2: THQ Nordic had said that they'd have a showcase down the line, which obviously is this one that's coming. You know, when Embracer Group said they were showing things off uh, at E3, we assumed, well, if it's not THQ Nordic, it's it's obviously not Gearbox because they had their own thing. You know, it's got to be either Deep Silver or Sabre Interactive. But Saber Interactive, um, you know, seemed less likely at the time. So we assumed it was Deep Silver and we previewed Deep Silver. And then suddenly there was a news item where Deep Silver was saying, oh, we won't be at E3. It's not us. It's actually Embracer Group has an announcement. And then they announced a whole new arm. So uh, that just completely blew things uh, Further muddied the water and I just have no clue what's going on over there. So it'd be nice if they gave us some, some clarification, but because of how things are always in motion there, it's, it, it's almost impossible to announce what, what titles <laughs> they could be potentially uh, teasing with, with, with those quotes. Um, so I guess on, on that front, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, mm. I mean, it's just, just over a week now until the event. And um, so I'm sure we'll review that one. Um, in two weeks' time, um, shall we move on to our next story?
1: Yeah, and we have we have a before we get another Sony event, we do have a quick news story surrounding uh, PlayStation. Uh, I'll I'll read this because this affects you more. Um. <clears throat> Horizon Forbidden West will now allow players to upgrade from PS4 to PS5 for free. This is from GamesRadar from Vicky Blake. Sony has U-turned on its decision to not to offer free upgrades for Horizon Forbidden West, players moving from PS4 to PS5. Initially, Sony said that dual entitlement, that is the ability to upgrade for free when moving from PS4 to PS5, does not apply to players picking up either the standard or special editions of Horizon Forbidden West because the cross-gen games play games delay comes out of the launch window initially envisioned. 300-plus unhappy blog comments later, Sony now says it's missed the mark by scrapping its dual entitlement scheme for Horizon Forbidden West and says it will honour its original plans and let all PS4 fans upgrade to the PS5 version for free. <clears throat> And I quote, Thursday was to be a celebration of Horizon, Forbidden West, and the amazing team at Gorilla working to deliver it on February 18th, 2022. Sony Interactive Entertainment president and CEO Jim Ryan said in an update to the original blog post, however, it's abundantly clear that the offerings we confirmed in our pre order kickoff missed the mark. Last year, we made a commitment to deliver free upgrades for our cross-gen launch titles, which included Horizon Forbidden West. While the pandemic's profound impact pushed Forbidden West out of the launch window, we initially envisioned we would still stand by our offer. Players who purchase Horizon Forbidden West on PS4 will be able to upgrade to PlayStation 5 version free at fall free. That's not all, though. Ryan also confirmed that moving forward, players will be able to upgrade other upcoming cross-gen first-party titles like The Next God of War installment and Gran Turismo 7 for $10. I also want to confirm today that moving forward, PlayStation first-party exclusive cross-gen titles newly releasing on PS4 and PS5, both digitally and physically, uh, and physical, will offer a $10 US dollar Uh, digital upgrade option from 4 to 5. Ryan explained this will apply to next God of War Gran Turismo 7 and any other cross-gen PS4, PS5 titles published by Sony yeah Carling everyone laughed at smart delivery and I look at it now over at Xbox just sat in the corner laughing because this has been a mess (laughs)
3: Yeah,
2: it really has. I mean, I, I've thought all along that Sony's approach to kind of the, the divvying up the, the kind of division between the, the generations was odd. I mean, when you look at even let, let's just look at, I know physical games aren't, um, kind of, um, don't really matter to, to uh, a lot of gamers these days, but they're, they're, they're still an option there. And when you look at Xbox games, you know, you get a game. In a, an Xbox um, case, and if you put that game into your Xbox One, it's an Xbox One game. If you put it into your C- Xbox Series S, or well, no, they don't. Series S doesn't have a disc drive. Your Series X, um, it's a Series X title. And you know, I, it's odd to me when I see on the shelves in a, a store. You know, say Marvel's Avengers, there's a PS4 and a PS5 version, like separate boxes. I don't know why when they moved to PS5, they didn't just have like, you know, the boxes were just PlayStation written on them. And have the same approach that if you put the disc into your PS4, it's a PS4 game. If you put it in your PS5, it's a PS5 game. That didn't really make any sense We me. I thought, thought Xbox, it just made more sense their approach was having the one disc that works for both. And it's the same with the digital version. I mean, with, with Xbox, it's seamless. It, it's the same game. You just download it, you play it on your Xbox One, it's Xbox One. Play it on your Series S or X, it's Series S or X title. Whereas with PlayStation, you, there were separate downloads and people were accidentally downloading and playing, say, the PS4 version of Spider-Man Miles Morales on their PS5. And then oh, they get halfway crazy. through the game and realized that they weren't playing the PS5 version because, the, you know, it wasn't loading particularly fast or whatever the case might be. And then it got even more muddy then when it came to, to kind of them saying how they were going to deal with with upgrades. And they announced obviously initial games would be free. And then later there might there be a charge. And then Horizon Forbidden West. Because it got delayed. And suddenly that wasn't going to have the free upgrade. And there was a credible backlash. And rightly so. And now because of that backlash they backtracked. But I don't think they should have had to backtrack. Because they should have been offering it anyway. And they should still be offering it. Like it's bullshit to me that they're coming out like they're doing us a favor that god of war and grand turismo 7 if you buy it on your ps4 say the digital version you can upgrade to the ps5 version for free it should be the same game it's ridiculous like you should if you buy pay 60 quid for the game on your PS4. If you then get a PS5 for Christmas, you shouldn't have to pay anything to get that game, to get the, the new version of that game. You should just get it for free. And this goes beyond Sony. It should be the same for all the third parties. EA announced recently they won't be doing the free upgrades for FIFA. We had it with Square Enix with Final Fantasy VII Remake that you had to pay to get the, the PS5 version. Like, to me, that doesn't, I, I don't, I, I mean, I think they should be completely pro-consumer on this. If they want you to buy the new console, then you should get the new version of the game free. And I know people have come, well, you know, Square Enix and EA don't make any money from the the, the PS5. So, you know, why, would, why wouldn't why would they want to get their, a little bit of money for the upgrade? But I, I just think they should be pro-consumer because they should want, the gamer to come when the next Final Fantasy comes out or when the next FIFA comes out because there's a FIFA every year and they should just just buy that game so I mean it doesn't affect me directly because I have a PS5 and I'm obviously going to be buying the PS5 version straight from the off but it does annoy me that that Sony uh, for me I think they messed up
3: their Mm -hmm.
2: approach to to next gen in terms of like the the way in which the, the games are delivered completely I think Xbox are completely on the ball with with smart delivery, and also as I said, how they've approached their their physical discs. Uh, there shouldn't be a, a deviation; they they should be one and the same for me, whether they're digital or physical. It doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that do, what doesn't help is the Sony flip flopping of things, because when when it said. Uh... Games on PS5 won't be cross-gen, and then what? Within months, that that was gone. I mean, now God God of War's cross-gen, Grand Turismo's uh, cross-gen, Horizon cross-gen. I mean, it wasn't originally Spider-Man meant to be the only that Miles Morales meant to be the only one that was cross-gen?
2: yeah and in terms of the the exclusives um i think the, originally at the, the time of the announcement that was the only one that was said to be uh cross-gen i think with with um the others they just kind of slowly added it in mm. um and I, I think that's because and and it's it's understandable in a way but it, it's just they should have got the, the the messaging right from mm. from the first place and i think if they had this in place, that the the games are, are one and the same, and if you're buying the PS4 version, and then you get your PS5 down the road, I, I think people would have been a little less bothered. You, you still would have had the early adopters of the PS5, would be disappointed that their purchase hasn't been quite justified, but I think this, this would have went a long way.
1: Yeah, I think if they just marketed... Okay, this was our original plan, but... console shortages and chip, well it's caused by chip shortages really, but we have to go back on our plans, this is the reason why, yada 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 for the first, I think it's 18 months or whatever, games will be cross gen, wasn't the original plan but needs must and then the knock on effect of not doing that and then you get stuff like this, and obviously you you kind of do have to compare it to Xbox where you just go well, yeah, you can just do that. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? It just seems like a... for the for the leading for the leading company in the console and the gaming industry for what? When did when was Nintendo in its pomp? The late nineties, mid to late nineties. So twenty yeah. twenty one uh. years. Let's say twenty one years to round it to two thousand. It's a bit amateurish. Considering Xbox is usually the dumb one. <laughs> um but yeah it's a bit of a bit of a mess but at least they've got it right but 10 quid to do an upgrade it's still a bit especially if people can't get that console then they're gonna play a game that was not for that and then whenever the hell consoles are more freely available you're gonna have to pay 10 dollars after waiting two years to get a console it's a bit it's a bit shit but hey ho, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think it's Sony's fault they can't get the consoles out. It's whoever the hell makes the chips.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and as you said, that's something they have to to work around. But uh, as you said, you just have to hand it to to Microsoft because they were straight up about their their plans for cross chain for the first two years. And and as I said, they they've just been better at delivering the games that are, are split across platforms. You know, they in with smart delivery and with their approach to, to physical titles. So c- kudos to Microsoft and, and I, I think Sony, um, obviously they're, they're not going to change the path as far as they're having physical PS4 and PS5 games at this point, because that would just completely confuse people. Um, but I think at least on the digital front, they, they could, they could, um, combine the two and, and have a lot less confusion. Mm. um, but I suppose time will tell on it. But at least, you know, what as I said, at least they have uh, made this this change on the Horizon front.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. And I'd be interested to see. I know they're saying right now that the the paid update for Gran Turismo Seven and God of War Ragnarok. But I, you know, I I wouldn't completely rule out them offering them for free in the end as well, mm-hmm. uh, depending on on how many PS5s they can can get out over the the next twelve months.
1: Yeah, and, and well speaking of PS five, we do have a event to speak about. It's on Thursday. Uh, we're recording this Monday, so you'll have a couple couple days to listen to this and then we'll review it uh either early next week or whenever the hell we get chance really. Uh but yeah, Thursday the ninth of September, UK time, nine PM. It's about forty minutes. Um shall we just get into it, Carl? I mean, we've mentioned like pretty much three of the games that are confirmed to exist. We don't know whether they'll be at this event, but safe bet is you'd imagine God of War and Gran Turismo will be there. Yeah,
2: I, I think they're, they're bankers. I think there has been suggestions as well within the industry that God of War Ragnarok will have a showing at the showcase. And I, I think with, with that, I mean, I'm sure as Horizon will have, uh, their make some sort of an appearance but i think they they won't want to put too much horizon in given that it's just recently had it showing at gamescom mm-hmm. and got its release date so there's not too much more for them to say there uh grand turismo 7 again obviously will have it shown but because it's erasing it which you know only appealed to a certain subset of gamers um i I don't think that's gonna be kind of their centrepiece. So I, I think it's a safe bet that God of War Ragnarok will will be uh the, the centerpiece and, and probably the game that we see the the most of. And I I think with that alone um will will make it a worthwhile event for yeah. for most of us because, you know, obviously Even me <laughs> Exact yeah, God, and you're you're the one who, who dodges, you know, most playstation exclusive because you just don't want to take your playstation out of uh out of its cubby hole but um yeah no god of war the first one was amazing it was it's one of the best games of the the last generation and and people are you know more than hyped uh about the follow-up like so we we can't wait to see see this game and I, i think it'd be an absolute shock if if it's not at this showcase
1: yeah, but what 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 do you think will be there? I mean, because it what it was it was, <laughs> we'll put was in a, a quotation mark was meant to be this year. I think as soon as we saw twenty twenty one, we were like, nope, not happening. Um, but it feels like a long time ago since we got that lo- that logo. Um, at, w- it wasn't E three, but it was one of the events on an E three week, wasn't it? We got that logo whenever, um. But yeah, what what do you think we'll get? Do you think we'll get gameplay, a release window? Um, I, I don't know. I don't even know. But what, what do you think we'll get of God of War: well as it should be there? I'm confident that we'll
2: see gameplay. Um, usually I'd also predict a a release window. But I think Sony might be apprehensive to do so mm. given that, you know, recently uh, um, some of their titles have been pushed out of uh, release windows or even, you know, re- release dates. So I, I think they'll probably be more kind of taken under approach of when it's ready, we'll, we'll let you know kind of a a couple of months ahead of time or a few months ahead of time like they've done now with um horizon. So um I think we'll 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 see gameplay. Um and I think that's all we really need to see and that's all we really want, want to see. see. You know, <laughs> we we don't want to see like a if it's just a CGI trailer or something, you know mm. get that shit out of here. We don't we don't want that. We we wanna see gameplay and I'm confident we will see gameplay. As I said, I think it will be the centerpiece of this showcase.
1: No, I mean that begs the question 'cause it is on it is only forty minutes. Um we don't tend when Sony do it; it just seems to be game after game after game, and that tends to be on the longer ones. But when it when it's forty minutes, which is quite short for this. I mean, we, we saw Xbox fill an hour and a half with tributes uh, <laughs> where games come. But I, when it's forty minutes, I mean, what do you expect? Just God of War and a sizzle reel? Because if it's gameplay, that tends to take up oh, ten minutes. You'd probably think of forty minutes.
2: No, I mean, I, I don't. I don't just expect God of War and Scissor because I think if it was that, it would be built as a state mm. of play. I don't think it would be built as like a a, a PlayStation showcase twenty twenty one. That it seems to suggest that this is something they're going to do, maybe annually from from now on. Um, so I think it's separate to a, sep- to a state of play. So I don't think it'll I think it'll take the form right. of a, a state of play. I do think there will be. You know, decent three, four minute chunks of of various titles. Um, maybe maybe God of War gets more like seven, eight minutes. Um, mm-hmm. of the time. So I I do think the the other games will will um get a a worthwhile showing. Obviously, what those those games could could possibly be. Obviously, we're we're gonna try and and speculate on. I mean, um, jumping away from the confirmed first. Um, party titles because it it is just those three that that we have confirmed that the, at the moment, um, some third party exclusives that are confirmed um, is Forspoken from Luminous Productions. Um, so Forspoken, it we that wasn't at E3. It, it skipped E3. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since since we saw it so i I'd, I'd say it's a pretty safe bet that first spoken will be be shown at the, the showcase and then obviously it is confirmed for 2022 um well, what do you think on that one
1: god I remember when this game came out got shown and we thought 2022 was ages ago <laughs> uh creeps up on your time but yeah i think i think that it's a good shout um what was once a a tech demo it it, it turned into one of the most impressive things of that week, didn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be there. We'll hopefully get more of a sense of what type of game it is because we've kind of had well, it's kind of been weirdly shown because it was the tech demo and then it kind of just shown off all its all its might, but we didn't get too much detail. I think what well, we got character and then the world that was about it, wasn't it? So Maybe more what type of game it is, whether it's RPG, action, whatever. Um, uh, slash and smash or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I think that'll definitely be there. And 2022, maybe the, this is one of the games we can get, maybe not a, a date, but more of a window, whether it'll be Q1, winter, summer, whatever. But yeah, so Sony usually has one of them games that's late spring. Maybe this is it.
2: Yeah, I, I I think you know if if we, as I said, I think God of War would be the centerpiece. I think if God mm-hmm. of War is the centerpiece, I feel this is probably the supporting act. Mm-hmm. Again, I'd be pretty confident in in some gameplays. That's something we haven't seen yet, and it it does seem like one that's that's um, going to be out sooner rather than later. Um, I, I would see it in the the first half of of twenty twenty two. Um, oh, uh, the next couple of titles are also um. Square Enix published. We have Babylon's Fall from Platinum Games, which we saw at E3. I'd have my doubts we'll see this one here, um, simply because we have to remember that Tokyo Game Show is later in the month, and Square Enix, as always, have their showcase there. And I think this is one that'll probably more so appeal to to that audience rather than a, a wider audience. Um, so my money would be on Babylon's Fall being at TGS instead. I mean what what do you think on that one?
1: Yeah, I think that makes more sense. And we saw it we see it was E3? We saw it at E3. Sure we saw it at the screen yeah, next because I did. remember talking about see, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we have already seen it and we got gameplay and stuff like that. I think it it doesn't really need to be here. Maybe maybe we see it in passing, but I don't think we need to see anything truly in depth here like even if it is just like background footage of something else it might just be that a, a sizzle sizzle reel like the every company loves a sizzle reel and i think this is that type of game. but yeah i think maybe more focus at the uh, Tokyo Game show
2: yeah and i mean on that note the, the next title of final fantasy 16 there is rumors that 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 is going to be at tgs so again i feel we can we can probably rule that out here, and to be honest, I don't even want to see it at TGS because I know in my mind that this game is far off, and I just don't want them to keep showing it <laughs> when I know I'm not going to get to play it for <laughs> a long time. So, I, I I don't even care if I see it at, at TGS because. I, I just don't think it needs to be shown off. Um, and one last third-party title is is Project Magnum. Obviously, that's a working title from NAT Games, which is a developer which features um, some former staff from Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, it's kind of an online shooter, um, recently announced. Because it was only announced so recently, I, I think if they were going to have it at the showcase, they probably would have just saved. Because I think it was only announced last week, so I Second think they probably would have saved the announcement for the showcase. So I'd I'd probably write this one off as well. But you, you never know; it could have a very small showing, given that it's it's fresh in people's mind following the the announcement. Um, just now, before we on, move, just before yeah.
1: we move, is. How far off is Final Fantasy Seven Remake Part Two? Like, is that even whispered about, or is that years away? It's in it's in active
2: development. Uh, I mean, yeah. they they confirmed that obviously when they announced Intergrade. Um, so I, you know, it, it's clearly in the works, but given how long Square take to do things, uh, I'd say it's probably still a couple of years off. And also, let let's be fair, we. Still, we don't even know if that's, you know, an exclusive or a timed exclusive uh, for PlayStation. Obviously, for now, the first one still is exclusive to PlayStation. It, it seems from between the lines that they obviously extended that exclusivity. It was originally supposed to be only 12 months. Um, so we're still waiting to hear about the Xbox version of that game. Um, But I mean, there's no reason for now to believe that that uh, part two will be a PlayStation exclusive. So Mm -hmm. and I think even if it is, I I don't think we're going to hear about it anytime soon. I think that the focus will be on on, um,
1: 16, 16.
2: Um, But it is a a fair point to to bring it up nonetheless, because, as I said, you can't rule it out being an exclusive, certainly down the road. Um, But Moving on then to some rumored PlayStation titles, which you know some of them we know that they're happening, but it's not official that they're happening, and others are are more so kind of rumors in the pipeline. Um, The Last of Us Factions from Naughty Dog. Do, do you think this is when we finally see Factions get its its uh big reveal?
1: I, what what is Factions? I can't bloody remember. So it's the multiplayer from the oh, original Last of Us,
2: but it's supposed uh, to be a standalone game, right?
1: Okay. This time around, yes, I remember that being talked about. Um, I don't see why not. I think obviously the next one we have on the on the list is is a remake. Could you put them together? Not obviously. Well, would it make sense to put them together if it's if it's a remake of the multiplayer and a remake of the original game? Wouldn't you just put them together? But yeah possibly um I mean you'll have you'll have to tell me was The Last of Us multiplayer that popular I never played it um, really?
2: but okay. a lot of people enjoyed it yeah I think you could say the multiplayer was kind of a a, a cult hit obviously the the game itself was a, a massive success but the, the the people who delved into the multiplayer there there was kind of a, a cold following for the multiplayer um, I know even like we mentioned earlier in the show, Colin Moriarty, but I remember he got into it because he wanted to get the platinum and there were some trophies linked to the multiplayer and mm. he really enjoyed it. And he's never a multiplayer as he always jokes about not enjoying playing with other people. So there was it was definitely popular and it was well made, as you'd expect from Naughty Dog. And I think it was because of how well, you know, a lot of these tacked on multiplayer single player games are you know really shallow and not well thought out and often badly made whereas i think with this they they put a lot of care and thought into the the multiplayer and i think that's probably why it's 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 kind of deserved it's it's standalone status and and why they're they're seemingly taking that that approach with with factions this time around rather than just having it as a an added on game uh to to the last of us part two
1: yeah, I think I think once you do focus it up, I think it could it could be made into something unless it is just a direct remake. But it, is that is is it actually Naughty Dog making that, or is it like Naughty Dog C team or whatever? Do we have any news about that?
2: No, it's a, it's it's a team within Naughty Dog mm-hmm. um, that that's that's working on it. I, I think they are by all accounts. They're putting a lot into this. Like it's not just an afterthought. Like they they they're planning on this being a you know a, a big hit and I, I think playstation needs a multiplayer exclusive they they mm-hmm. don't have much on that front so i i do expect a lot of polish on this and i i do have high expectations for it
1: yeah yeah fair enough uh and in terms of a remake of, of the first game obviously it will make money but at the same time what's the point Is the is the first one is the is the remake of the first one that bad? It needs a remake already? That seems a bit I don't know, it just seems a bit I don't want to say desperate, but it's a word I can't I can't think of another one.
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this when the, this first broke. You know, I'm completely baffled by the need for a remake. You know, there was a remaster on PS4. I, I just don't think we need it again. And they obviously at one point had Bend working on this, which frankly is quite insulting for Bend. But then they, they took it back in-house um, into um, Naughty Dog themselves and put a team on it. it it's a, it's an, a really weird Project for me. I mean, the only justification, for it and we spoke about it at the time, is people talked about how uh, Naughty Dog used The Last of Us Remaster as kind of a springboard to see what PS4 was capable of, and then mm-hmm. they came out with Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy, and then of course Uncharted, part, um, sorry, The Last of Us Part Two, and that similarly, Last of Us Remake could be used as a you know a, not a quick and easy project, but a a shorter turnaround on a project to get used to hardware before we see what they have for the future. But at the same time, I suppose last of us factions is that, so they don't really need that yeah. as a, a, a kind of t- a testing ground. So it's a really odd one for me. I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. I mean, it's an oddity dog at the end of the day they're they're always going to put the, and it's their game. They're remaking their own game. So I've no doubt it's going to be great. I just wonder what the, the purpose of it is. Um, but I'm, I'm sure at the end of the day, someone's going to play it. Um, speaking of remakes, though, uh, a game that's that's not as solidly confirmed as the other two, which, uh, I may argue, but I, I think there's enough traction behind the rumours for us to, to, to be fairly confident in saying that this is going to come at some point, is a remake of Metal Gear Solid um and it's rumored that blue point games is the team that that's working on this one obviously they're the master of 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 remakes and remasters do you think we might see this one here
1: i think if if maybe as a as a show closer i could say it because i think i mean if you if the opening game isn't god of war i think that might go down down a bit Dump dump squib um yeah, I, I could see this as being a real crowd pleaser to finish the show, really. Whether we get to see gameplay or whatever, or a logo with a release window. I, I could see it going, but yeah, if, if Blue Point are making it, it'll be good. Um, I'm not too familiar with the Metal Gear Solid series because, well, everyone's heard my gaming history by now. It's not much Nintendo, and it's not much Sony, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, outside of wrestling games on the Sony half. but yeah, it's um, it's not one I'm too familiar with, but I, I know people have been almost begging for a for a Metal Gear Solid um, remake, and whether that gets into the sequel and stuff like that, it'd be interesting to see if they can uh, translate the Kojima mentalness, what was it, Metal Gear Solid 2, where you had to plug in another controller and stuff like that. No, that was an original. Was that, was that the yes, original? A bit, that'd uh, be
2: interesting, Mantis, yeah. ah,
1: so that'd um, be interesting to see how
2: they do that. <laughs> and get codex uh codes from the the, the manual and, and different things like that. I mean it, it was always uh, mental. Um and it'll, it'll be fun to see how those kind of things are, are tackled in a, a remake. Um and Sticking on Blue Point Games, if this is indeed announced Metal Gear Solid remake, or maybe a different game from Blue Point, do you think this is where we might also finally get the official announcement that that Sony have acquired Blue Point Games? Because there was that bizarre instance where, when uh, mm. the acquisition of Housemark was announced, that uh, their Japanese <laughs> um, social media accounts accidentally put out an image uh, which had the the blue point games logo um instead and kind of graphics from demon souls instead of uh, the house mark uh, logo and and graphics from maternal uh do you, do you think it makes sense to finally announce that acquisition here i mean i, I think it'd be bizarre if it turned out that that was, that was just fake <laughs> yeah that it was well it's clearly not fake yeah. but that someone accidentally drew the or put the the wrong um logo on on the the press it it just it was so specific that i i just i'd be i I can't see any way in which this this acquisition isn't an actual thing they just clearly were waiting for an actual game announcement Mm uh to to make it more relevant um yeah
1: yeah i think i think it makes sense i think if you go welcome to the sorry family blue point and we finally got something to show. Yada yada yada. Finish the show, Metal Gear Solid remake. Yeah,
2: i'd 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 agree with that.
1: Um, I mean,
2: as as you said, God God of War, Gran Turismo, Horizon seem obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, we we could say that. Um, the Oops, not. first spoken also seems like a, an obvious inclusion here and and i'd be pretty confident on factions and this metal gear solid remake mm-hmm. um being there as well but but now we we move more into the realm of you know uh, throwing things at a wall and and seeing what's sticks and and idle speculation on our part and and uh whispers and speaking of whispers there's a couple of titles that um have been uh whispered about since this um event was announced uh the first is wipeout uh, a new game in the wipeout series um Who's going to be behind it? Nobody knows because obviously the original developers of Wipeout, Sony Liverpool, have long shut their doors. Um, Do you do you think it's it's about time we see a new game in the Wipeout series? We did have that Wipeout. collection uh on the ps4 so it's not like the series has been long dormant um but pe- people quite like the collection and obviously it's vr aspects it's, it does seem like this is something that people are asking for but at the same time that might mean that it's a an easy rumor to make up
1: i mean who didn't play wipeout when they were a kid i, won't, I know i just kind of said i didn't play much sony stuff but yeah th- this game was a bastard, um, but yeah, it, it makes sense. I think it, it's just an it's an easy fan favorite fan favorite. I think, but um, I could certainly see it. Um, but yeah, I think with it was like vibey and like futuristic back then. But next gen consoles, you could make it just I don't know, look stunning. I think we've seen games that. I mean, you look at. Normal racing games, Forza looks stunning. Uh, Gran Turismo looks stunning, and everything else in between. will. if you do this with proper futuristic cyberpunky looking surrounding around it, it could be one of the best looking games to to show off the early powers of the PS5. So I, I don't see why not.
2: Yeah, I I I think like given as I said how popular the the PlayStation Four collection was. And given the ability obviously to to tie it into VR. Now Sony have said that the PS VR two as, as um people refer to won't be at this showcase. So I don't think there'll be a kind of a showing of V R titles here. But at the same time I think that the the ability to, to tie a wipeout game into to V R down the road when the the new headset does launch, um I think it just makes it a you know, a safe bet for, for Sony to pursue this. I, I don't know if we'll see it here, but I, I think we will certainly see something in the Wipeout series, at least somewhere down the line. Uh, the other rumor title is Infamous. Um, I'm not so sure on this one, given that, um, obviously Sucker Punch seemed focused on Ghost of Tsushima at the moment. Only recently they launched the, the DLC and the PS5 directors cut of the game, and there's suggestions that they're they're already working on a follow up title. Although there could be the, the the possibility that Sucker Punch may have scaled up and might have two teams and have a second team working on Infamous, or as we were discussing the, the Last of Us remake, that um sony tried to put ben on that and they might have put one of their other studios on a a new infamous title so the i can't rule it out completely but I'm, I'm just a bit dubious on the possibility of a new infamous title at this point i mean what's your take on that one guy
1: is this game remakeable or remasterable I, I think certainly, um, you know, it's been
2: something that people want would be a, a remake or a remaster of the first two infamous titles, the PS3 titles, because um, they're for now stuck on PS3. So mm. I, I, I I hadn't even thought about that, that that might be, you know, a, a remaster, a remake might be more likely than a, a, a brand new fifth title in the series.
1: Yeah, I think what seems to be the go-to, I know Infinimus isn't exactly 20 years old, but if you want to see if there's still an appetite for it, remaster, you don't even, don't need to, I know uh, the PS3 was a bastard to get stuff off, that's why not all of it is, but if you remaster this game however you can, make it 4K, make it whatever frames per second, see how well it sells, then boom. New, new infamous game coming within three years or whatever. I, I think that's probably the safest bet to do. When, especially with Sony, when you've got so many defined IP, so I think, I think I could see a remaster. It wouldn't surprise me if there is a third one. But if if they if Sony want to test the waters before green light in a um, a trilogy uh, or a third, I should say, um, why not do a remaster? I mean, we we've seen stuff like Mass Effect. Um, Dead Space is coming out, isn't it? And obviously numerous other remasters. Sony's done it in the past with, with Last of Us, uh, the Nathan Drake collection and stuff like that. So why not? Why not a remaster?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, the more I think about it, the the more obvious it seems. And then now suddenly, you know, having said, I'd be dubious about this rumor. I mean, when I think about it as a remaster or remake, I'm, I'm a lot less dubious because it, it seems a lot more obvious and a lot more likely. Um, so I think that that potentially is is something that that could be in the 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 frame. Um, and one other rumor, which is you know I think a lot more bankable, but it's also a lot less interesting, is that the because of uh, recent leaks and such, is that that the Uncharted series is coming to PC. I mean, we talked about before how Uncharted 4 was supposed to be coming to PC. Now it seems the rest of the titles are as well. Um. Obviously Sony recently acquired a studio which are known for uh their um Nixes, um, which are known for PC ports. So I think it makes we're we're gonna get a lot more PC ports and down the road from mm-hmm. Sony. Um and I think Uncharted is is an obvious step in getting all the games out there so um, I but as you said, it's it's PC ports. I mean, it's good that they're getting their games to another platform, but at the same time, it's not a new title, so it's 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 not going to excite people. Yeah. Um, I mean, moving on then to look at, at studios directly, and could could they potentially have something in the frame? You know, firstly, Insomniac, not so long since they got um. Ratchet and Clank out mm-hmm. and obviously Spider-Man Miles Morales wasn't too long before that Um we know Spider-Man 2 is is in the works but it, it still seems a little too early for that um, but there has been talk for a while about both um, Resistance and Sunset Overdrive they did renew the trademarks for Sunset Overdrive and they they have had a lot of social media posts uh, relating to Resistance do you think we could get um you know, maybe a a new title or a a remaster in either of the with with either of these properties.
1: Um, I mean, Resistance has been long rumoured, not it? I mean, we we when we preview E3s and that week, whenever all of them do shows, uh, we are we always seem to mention Resistance as due, as you said earlier on uh, with the Last of Us multiplayer. It, it's it's something that's lacking on on Sony's side. So yeah, if you could tag on multiplayer to that uh, why not Um it makes sense to me, I have, a, I have a shooter and then obviously you want a campaign focused around a game like Resistance but you could easily make that into multiplayer as well
2: yeah I mean we've, as you said we've talked about it before so I don't think we have much yeah. new to say on that front but it, it does feel like something that's going to happen eventually uh, a new Resistance title and uh, again similar to to uh, infamous just feel like a, a remaster or mm. a remake is is that first step before you introduce something new um and sunset overdrive again i mean they it could just be a case of them protecting their their property or or they could have something in in the works um again i do think we'll eventually see something there but i i think given spider-man is is the focus that might not be a priority for insomnia given it's the same sort of team I worked on both titles. Um, another studio, a small, much smaller studio, is Pixel Opus. Most recent game was Concrete Genie. They are confirmed to be working on a PlayStation Five title, which is a collaboration with Sony Animation Studios. I mean, that in itself is is exciting. I think Sony Animation Studios has been doing a lot of good work lately. Obviously, um, straight away into the Spider Verse, uh, jumps to mind as as um. You know, quite frankly, a masterpiece of animation. You know, we couldn't even begin to speculate on what this could could possibly mm-hmm. be. But you know, would you agree, guy, that it's it's exciting um, without even knowing what it is?
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they do in Sony Animation. It, it it's usually spot on, so yeah, be interesting to see what that is. Um, Sucker Punch. I think, as you said, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, yeah, I, I feel we've we've kind yeah. of
2: in talking about Infamous and and you know it, Ghost of Tsushima seems to be their focus now. So I'd be I'd be surprised if we see them. Similarly, I mean, we were talking earlier about Band Studio and how they were originally on the Last of Us remake. They've since been taken off that by their own request and are now working on a new IP. But it seems like that is very much early doors, so I I feel they'll be quiet. Uh, Housemark, another one, obviously not so long ago, they they um, released Returnal uh, upon their acquisition. Maybe maybe. that that is a possibility, but I think outside of that, it it might be a while. Because I mean, when they were announced, that they were. Acquired by Sony, they, they said that they were all on holidays, basically the whole studio following the release of Eternal. So I don't think anything is too advanced there. Uh, Team Asobi, who obviously are technically a new studio in, in that, um, a separate body. They, they were initially a team within Studio Japan, but since Studio Japan was, uh, scrapped, Team Asobi, uh, kind of broke out as their own entity and they've they've scaled up um i think there is talk of them working on a, a larger astrobot title and also suggestions that obviously they're working on vr titles given that they they have a, a pedigree there with which thing. Uh, thing. but i i feel asobi is is one that we could see something from and i i i think it's probably a safe bet that it'll be an astrobot title
1: Makes sense. Everyone loved it when they loaded up the PS5. Free achievements. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, Media Molecule, I have no idea what this is. So, Media
2: Molecule obviously are the studio behind originally Little Big Planet and now, ah. now more recently Dreams. Um, given the kind of Critical darling that Dreams is, you know, obviously they their uh, head of their studio um was was honoured um not so long ago for, um for the the title, and while it's not necessarily a commercial success, it it does feel like it's a um kind of something that 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 uh Sony wanna honour uh given the you know where it's been escalated uh to on a, on a critical basis uh they did have kind of a. Recent slew of announcements for dreams that, um, Media Molecule had designed a couple games designed in dreams that, that would be on the, the dream store for players to play. So I think they're definitely focused on dreams for now. Um, so I, I, I think if we do see Media Molecule, it will be something dreams related. Um, can't really speculate on, on what that will be. Um, another UK-based studio is, uh, of course, London Studio. These days, they're they're more of a VR wheelhouse. So, with that in mind, and and obviously the confirmation that VR2 won't be there, you know, I, I myself rule out London Studio. But at the same time, some people in the industry suggest that that they're long overdue a, a more core game. You know, stepping away from VR, and and stepping back into to designing a more mainstream game because it feels like they haven't had anything since the the, the days of of the getaway series um i mean do, do you have any memories of that series and and you know is that something you'd like to see uh london studio move back towards you know making a you know a, a regular console game rather than a vr title i don't remember get and I, I remember the cover i can't remember playing it was it like driver the getaway, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was, it was, yeah, driver GTA esque, yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, yeah. uh, based in London, um, they they were solid titles. I mean, I, I think like the the PS2 era GTA's were on top. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think the getaway, they were solid. Like they weren't, you know, it wasn't quite like true crime or anything like that. I well, I, I, I think they were crime. they they were better <laughs> games. Oh, um, how oh, dare you! <laughs> and and uh, you know, but we haven't had anything since the getaway two, yeah. and uh, the getaway three was was obviously in in the works, and then got cancelled. It was a PS three exclusive at the time, Um so, you know, I'd be surprised if they go back to the getaway. But they, you know, with a lot of their VR titles and stuff, they they seem to still be, you know, almost. Um, spiritual successors to the getaway in, in some sense as some of the VR titles they have worked on. So could I'd wonder if if they do go back towards a core game, if they will there'll at least be some sort of um, spirit of the getaway in, in, in whatever they come up with. But I'd be intrigued to see something like that from, from London studio, but it just feels like right now, that it's just much it's just the obvious prediction to make is that it's it's going to be something vr if um when they do eventually announce their next game um but it, if it is vr it's unlikely to be their showcase given that they've ruled out vr for mm-hmm. their showcase um and then the last studio obviously actually there's there's uh, a couple more but be santa monica studio i reckon they'll you be know that <laughs> yeah we we know they're they're um, god of war yeah yeah um unlikely to be to be much else to, although there, there has been rumors of uh kind of a space title in the works there under a separate team but would now if they're gonna showcase god of war would be be now be the time to show that yeah. most likely not um but we, we can't rule it out um but the other one is obviously we we've talked about you know I'm going to contradict myself here but we we talked about Gorilla and Horizon but cause Horizon is so close there's long been a rumor that Gorilla has a second team that's working on a multiplayer title a shooter um maybe a new kill zone or a new socom title which is mm-hmm. a, a long dormant sony thing and I, and I think there's a lot of um uh, there's a lot of weight to this rumor given certain hires that have, have been reported uh, and to people they've gotten in from Ubisoft that have worked on rainbow six and stuff. So I think with with horizon so close and with a multiplayer shooter being such a departure from horizon, I don't think it would be the same as, as Santa Monica announcing, um, you know, another third party action game. Alongside uh, God of War, um, could you see this one? Could you see a, a shooter from
1: Guerrilla? Yeah, I think when I said Resistance, I was actually getting it mixed up with Killzone. <laughs> so yeah, I think as we said, as I said twice now, one mistakenly, um, multiplayer game. Killzone's the long, the long dormant one. To my knowledge, it is. Um, I'd you'd probably rather it be. A uh what's the word I'm looking for? A restart to the franchise. Um or a refreshing of the IP rather than carrying on from before. Um but yeah, yeah, I think you you could see that. It doesn't have to be Killzone, but you'd imagine Gorilla probably the most experienced in, in that in that way. Um considering that's all was that that was all they made before uh Horizon wasn't it?
2: Killzone, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah so They'd be the most experienced in that in that uh zone, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me with them. Um but we do have a couple second party studios, I mean Deviation Games and Haven Entertainment. They're newish, aren't they? Was De- Deviation was the one at that was week. announced at yeah. uh E three. Yeah, that weird announcement. Probably too soon for them, you'd say. Um
2: I'd say Haven, I'd rule out completely, given that they only seem to be hiring staff and didn't even Mm -hmm. have a logo when Sony announced their deal with them. Deviation, they have a logo, and also, you know, (laughs) there's your your first box tick. Um, And... Also, I feel obviously they're they're coming they're they're coming from Treyarch. Um, they've worked on shooters. I think they probably have a much clearer idea of what they want to do. So I wouldn't be completely shocked to see Deviation kind of at least tell us what they're working on and, and maybe what the title is. But I don't think we'd see too much from it.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Uh, but Carl, seeing as we've gone two hours anyway, um, which I thought, again, I I didn't say it on pod, but I was thinking this will be a quick one. Um, what have you been playing? Yeah, so um,
2: not a lot since we last talked last week. I've, I've played a bit of... Um... Fun of Fancy 14 as always. Um I'll, but I did play some more River City Girls with my girlfriend. We actually finished it yesterday. First game we've we've uh, finished together. So that was a, a lot of fun. Um Kind of, as I said last week, I kind of touched on it. It has given me kind of the bug for for em ups, so I'll be looking for another one to to kind of get into, uh, likely again in in co-op. Um, probably leaning towards uh, Streets of Rage 4 because obviously that has a, a lot of hype behind it. So, um, I'll be getting into that. Um, but o- other than that, nothing else. This this week it's been a slow gaming week. How about yourself?
1: I have tried Craftopia. Um, which, for people who don't know it is, it's just gone in the game preview on Xbox. So I think it's been out on PC a little while. It is a MMO survival game where you make a farm, (laughs) Uh, which doesn't sound fun. It was actually all right. You could tell it was in preview, and it was like a weird port from the PC. And I, I think it has promise. It may not be a huge game, but... If you're on Xbox, I'm not sure if it. I don't think it's on it uh, on PlayStation. But if you're on Xbox or PC and you're looking for something to play, uh, yeah, it, it's in it's in game preview, uh, and I think it's for, I think it's free on Game Pass. You might have to pay for it otherwise. But yeah, if you've got Game Pass, check that out. Um, probably best one to play with your mates. I'd say, but it is fun. Uh, it will frustrate at times because it is still. I think it's basically a beta. But
2: yeah, um, it's an interesting one. Sounds interesting. I did download Splitgate, actually, based on your recommendation, but I just haven't haven't gotten the chance to play it yet. I'll hopefully get that in at some stage this week
1: lovely i think you can play with a guess or maybe your girlfriend could play could play that with you <laughs> I,
2: I don't know if, if first person shooters are, are for her um i but but you never know <laughs> yeah uh,
1: it's quite easy to be fair but yeah that uh, uh but that is it carl we will be back hopefully next week uh well we can see if there's any more news on that thq thing and obviously we'll have the sony event to uh to review but that's it everyone uh that's it for another week that's two in a row. Look at us. But that's it. Thank you and goodbye.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.